0: Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekchurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to at com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everyone. How are you guys feeling today? Feeling good, having a good weekend so far. Well, I'm Todd, and I'm just so glad you're here with us today. I'd like to welcome all those that are joining us at Grovetown, at our South Campus, at our Dream Center experience, and all those that are joining us uh, today online. Thanks, thanks for being with us. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, we're gonna. Uh, it's it's been great so far. We've had great worship experiences at all three campuses, and and I believe that the things that we're gonna talk about over the next few minutes is gonna hit so many of us right where they are, where you are. And so, well, I, like I wanna start off not with something funny as Pastor Marty does, but I wanna start off with a question. And I want to just take a quick poll. And we're gonna just poll the audience here. How many would say, you know, Todd, I've made some bad choices throughout my life. Anybody out there made bad choices? Yeah, there's a lot of us. There's a few of you, you didn't raise your hand and the outfit is a bad choice today. So... You're, you just fit in there with us. Everybody's made bad choices, right? When my boys were younger, that is something that I would say to them every day. I'd drive them to school, I would drop them off, and I'd say, make good choices today. Life's about choices, make good choices. They would grow up a little bit and then they would you know, go to a friend's house. I'd say, make good choices today. Make good choices tonight. They would go driving in their cars when they started to drive, make good choices. They would go to prom, make good choices today. Well, life's about choices, and in the Old Testament, there's a story about three young men who were faced with some extremely difficult choices. So if you have your Bibles today, why don't you go ahead and get those out, get your notes out, and turn to uh, Daniel chapter three. Daniel is a book in the Old Testament. It's the first uh, portion of the Bible, the first half of the Bible. And the names of these three boys were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they lived as believers amidst. Uh, of a largely non-believing world at the time. And they actually came to Babylon as slaves after Judah was conquered. Um, The king brought them over as slaves. So the political air in Babylon was toxic and it came to a head when King Nebuchadnezzar built a statue of gold that was 90 feet tall and he called all the people, all the leaders, all the empires to come together for a dedication and ordered everyone to bow down and worship this statue. Now, it was a large crowd. They, some, believe, some scholars believe that it was up to 100,000 people that were, that were there that day. And the command was clear. When the instruments play, everyone bows down and worships the statue. So the band began to play, and the vast crowd fell to the ground. But three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, stood tall while everyone else bowed. And when the king heard this, obviously, he was, he was pretty angry. You know, here he has 100,000 people that are bowing, and there's three of them that did not. And so he brought them in, and it's going to pick up our story in our passage in Daniel three fifteen through 18. And this is the king speaking. He says, but if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? So then the boys, they respond, they say, well, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Now, these boys didn't lack for any confidence, did they? And I could see if they had that kind of confidence if they knew what we know and we know how the story ends and that they were saved, but they hadn't received any advance warning. No special revelation. Nobody sent them a DM saying, don't worry, God's gonna deliver you. Nothing like that happened. And as they stood before the king, they knew that they might die. Now they knew that God could save them. However, they didn't know for sure if he would save them. But in either case, they were determined to make the right choice, to obey God regardless of the outcome. You see, obedience is is your responsibility. It's my responsibility. But the outcome is God's responsibility. It's our responsibility to do what God commands us to do. But then after that, it's God's responsibility for the outcome. You see, these three young men were determined to obey God, but their decision put their lives at risk. And in verse 13, we see that the king was, was so furious that he had them bound with ropes and thrown into the fire. And it's important to remember that as they were cast in the furnace, they weren't expecting deliverance. As far as they knew, they were gonna perish in this fire. God could have kept them out of the fire. He is sovereign, he parted the Red Sea, He opened up blind eyes. He supernaturally provided food and water. The list goes on and on. And it would have been no problem for God to save these boys. It could have changed the king's mind. But you see, here's the thing. God doesn't always stop every negative situation. God doesn't deliver us from every fire. Sometimes he takes you through the fire. And we would never know the sovereign power if we were never thrown into a fire, right? You wouldn't know he was a healer if you never had an illness. You would never know that he could move mountains if you never faced any big obstacles. See, God doesn't always stop problems from coming our way. However, here's the good news. He will always make a way for us. He will always make a way. God doesn't always stop the problems, but he will make a way. And sometimes God will deliver you from the fire. Other times, God will take you through the fire. Sometimes God will come and do a miracle. He'll deliver you from it. He'll heal you. He will set you free, whatever it might be. But other times, he will walk through you as you go through that fire. And, you know, I kind of feel like that that's kind of where I am, my family is, Right now, and I know many of you are, are like this as well. You're going through a fire, and as as you know, um, many of you know, my mom has been sick for many years. She has battled with cancer for ten to twelve years, and um, has uh, basically she has a portion of one kidney left. She's had all of the, her one and a half kidneys basically taken out because of cancer. She has COPD, which is a Uh, breathing disease that just basically kills your lungs and she can't breathe. She can't really do anything. She can't brush her teeth or fix her hair or stand up go to the bathroom where she's not just completely exhausted because she can't get oxygen in her lungs. She has a degenerative eye disease where she can't see hardly, just barely. And that gets worse and worse. And so she's she's, she's in in rough shape and it's not a, a, a just a, a great way to live live your life and um, you know that's her existence she wakes up in the morning she gets in her wheelchair she does her medications she eats a little bit she tries to listen and watch a little bit of tv what she can see and um, she doesn't get out of the house very much but to doctor's appointments cuz she just it's just so difficult and my dad's just such a champ man he he's just such a great caregiver and so patient and um, he's a great man, uh, and I appreciate all that my dad does for my mom, um, but she's in rough shape. Now, she did get a new wheelchair, which is an electric wheelchair, so it can go up and down, and, and she can drive it around. She can't see, but she's driving around, knocking my dad down, <laughs> busting furniture, all the stuff. <laughs> it's not that bad, but it is that bad. <laughs> um, and then as, as many of you know, my brother, this time last year, was diagnosed with ALS. And uh, ALS is, if you don't know anything about it, it's just a horrific disease that basically steals everything from you. Um, it takes where you can't, you, you can't operate uh, your arms or your hands. They basically just are worthless. And it'll eventually, they, it's a three to five year lifespan is what they give uh, patients with ALS. There is no cure for ALS. Um, it's just a terrible disease. And so my brother finds himself with that right now. And he, it has progressed to where he has no use of, of his arms at all, they just kind of dangle at his, at his side. He can't pick anything up, he can't hug his son, he can't feed himself really, he can't do any of those things. And uh, it's just terrible. I mean, it's a terrible thing. Um, and so, you know, we're praying that God is gonna come and he's gonna deliver my brother from that, that he's gonna heal him from ALS. And we're believing that God can do that. And we're, 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 we're hoping and praying that he will do that. But he has not yet. But what he has been doing is God is, is walking with us through this fire. And my brother is, if you know my brother, he's one of the most positive guys that you'll ever meet. Um, he's just always upbeat. And uh, he, he, God has given him strength during this time. And so if you would, just continue to pray for my family. Pray for him, um, that God would give him strength, but, but also that God would heal him. And we believe that we serve a God that is able to do that. Amen? And so that we, get, we would heal him. But, I, but, it, but, but we're going through the fire. And many of you are going through situations in your life that are you're going through the fire. And you need God to come and do something in your life, and and what we need to know is that sometimes he's gonna deliver, but sometimes, and we can have confidence in this, that he will walk with us. These three Hebrew boys put their faith in God, and they said, we know that our God will deliver us, but here's the line, but even if he does not, we are not going to bow, even if he does not. Do you have that kind of courage today? There's so much that we can learn uh, from these teenagers. So today I wanna look at three choices that they made that we can make when we face tough decisions in our lives. And the first one is this, that we choose to stand. In Daniel 3.15, it says, but if you do not worship, this is the king speaking, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing, uh, blazing furnace. So they, these Hebrew boys, they were faced with an ultimatum. Bow or you will be thrown into the fire. And these boys chose to stand. And today we have the choice to stand for what we believe in. And it's not always popular, right? I mean, I understand that you know today's world, it's, it's just crazy. The things that we are dealing with, the, the, the things that are normal in our day today is just crazy. Sometimes it's mind-boggling, and it's not always easy to stand for the truth, to stand up for what the Bible says, to stand, to take a stand. And I understand, you know, that the, who I think it's the toughest for these days are our students, our college age, our young adults that are just bombarded with what the world wants you to believe is the truth. And you might say, you know, it's too tough these days, but I, I, it was tough in this day as well. You, you see the, the Babylon at that time, it, it was known and still today as one of the most corrupt places in history. And in this cultural climate that was so bad, Three Hebrew boys stood up for what was right. They stood up for what they believed. And just like them, we have a choice to stand. Um, you heard me talk about my boys a little bit earlier. and I have two boys, Ashton, which is, uh just graduated from college. Check that off the list. Got that done. And Grayson, who is going into his second year of college. And uh, I'm just... If you don't know, I'm super proud of my boys. I just, I love them, they've, they're, they're great boys. Um, God has had his, their hand, his hand on them and they're not perfect. They have had times in their lives where they've fallen short. They have, you know, um, stepped away from the things that they should be doing at times. So they're not perfect, but God really has had his hand on them and I'm so proud of the men of God that they are. And so Ashton, as I said, just graduated and, he, um, had, he went to Georgia College and State University. He played baseball there and just had a great career, had a great time there, um, and God used him mightily at Georgia College. And when he first went, his first year, he had to get his footing. Uh, you know, I think that he probably uh, was involved in some things on occasion that he probably should not, like so many kids that go off to college for the first time. But his sophomore year, he kind of got his footing, and God kind of got a hold of his heart in a, in a real and meaningful way. And he really was able to start being an influence to the people around him. And he was named captain of the baseball team, one of the captains for the last few years, and that's voted on by the players. Um, so they thought enough of him to make him captain. He would have Bible studies in the locker room after baseball practice. He'd have them, you know, they'd come, he'd have up to 15 to 20 players that would come and they would open up the Bible. And just talk about what God was saying to them. And what an incredible opportunity that he had there. And you know, the, the, the baseball locker room is probably not the easiest place to stand up for truth and stand up for uh, a God-honoring life. Um, but Ashton was able to do that, and I was so proud of what he was able to do. And then uh, just a couple weeks ago, he was asked to speak at the athletic banquet at the end of the year that it represented all the athletes of the university and he he was able to speak. And this last two minutes of his speech, um, he just wanted to make sure that people knew where he stood and who he was and what he believed. And so I thought uh, I would show this to you guys, just talking about and showing somebody that took a stand when it was easier probably not to. So let's take a look at this little
1: clip. And I'll be going against everything I know to be true if I didn't close with this. Uh, everyone finds their identity in something. And I think with us as athletes, and it's really easy to find your identity in your sport and um, what you do every day. Because it's, I mean, we do it every day, it's a full-time job. Like Everything you do revolves around you trying to be as good as you can be at your sport. Um, but the problem with that is it, it comes to an end for everybody, no matter who you are, whether you're freaking Derek Jeter, His career's over, like it comes to an end. That dude, one of the best to ever do it, right? It's gonna come to an end for us too. Um, But yeah, you have to be ready for that. You have to be ready for that no matter who you are. Um, And the only way that I believe that you can be ready for that is if your identity is in something else that's solid and something that's unchanging. Um, And for me, my identity is found in Jesus. Um, My sophomore year, Jesus turned my life around. Um, I had panic attacks every day, struggled with anxiety, and he healed my mind and gave me peace that I couldn't explain, still can't explain to this day. Um, He showed himself worthy of being treasured and I've realized that he can give me satisfaction like nothing else can. He's forgiven me and continually showed me that at the core of my identity is a man who's loved by God. Um, And this itself, just believing in that causes the things of the earth to grow down. And I believe he can do the same for you. Uh, One last thing, Romans 8, 38, 39 says, for I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because I'm in Christ, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Because of the work that he's done on the cross, he lived the perfect life I couldn't live, died the death that I deserve, and rose again so that I may also have new life. Um, if there's anything that you remember from me tonight, let it be this. You're all gifted at what you do. Um, don't forget that. But what you do is not who you are. So thank you. Shout out Chom Figgins.
0: Yeah. 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 Needless to say, I, I'm I'm super proud of Ashton uh, that he took a stand when it would be easier to to not. And God used him in great ways there. And I, you know, I, they're going the players are gonna remember Ashton for his nasty slider and his sidearm pitches that he pitched and his energy that he brought, they'll remember that. But the main things that they're gonna remember about Ashton when they talk about him in the years to come, they're gonna remember when he prayed with them or they had an issue and he was there for them to help guide them through that and say, this is what the Bible says about this or this is what happened in my life and and I think that that he can do the same for you. Um, And that's what they're gonna remember about Ashton. And so I'm just so thankful uh, for him and, um, you know, about a year ago, he started wrestling with the idea that he felt like he was called into ministry. And I was like, bro, don't do it. You know, <laughs> I tried to talk him out of it, you know, cause I, I want, I want, somebody needs to make sure they know, they know that they know that they're called into ministry. And so, you know, I really pushed him on that. We, me and April both have pushed him on that. And he just really feels like that's where God is leading him. And so, um, He's gonna be doing that and an opportunity actually uh, came open here at the church. He's gonna be working with JT in small groups and in helping with our college ministry and so I'm just super excited uh, about Ashton coming on staff here at the creek. So that's gonna be great. Yeah. But we have to stand for truth. We have to stand for our convictions and when we do, God will give us influence and opportunity to make a difference in people's lives. You see, because if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. If you don't stand for something, if you don't stand for the truth, you will fall for anything that comes your way. And our world just doesn't have a truth these days. It's all about finding your own truth. I mean, how many times do you hear that? I hear that so often and I'm just, it just, It makes me so sad when people say that because there is no finding your own truth. There is only the truth and the truth comes in God's word. says Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is only one truth. And I see so often families that are embracing this idea and individuals that are embracing this idea. And let me tell you, when I hear that, when I see that, and I see a family that's going that direction, I see a family, I see an individual that is headed for destruction. Because there is only a truth, and the truth is in Jesus. And we have to live our lives that way. And and I, I, so often I have parents that come to me, and they're talking about their kids, and they say, you know, I don't know what to do. They've kind of gone off, they've wandered away, and they're... They're out of line, and, and I'm like, I'm, you know, have you had them at church? Have you had them here on Wednesday nights? And I'm like, well, you know, I mean, Sundays we got, so often we have baseball, we have cheerleading, or Wednesdays they're just tired. They come in and they don't really wanna go. And I'm like, and why do you not have your kids in church? I'm not saying that if you bring your kids to church, that it's gonna be, that they're gonna be perfect, and there's never gonna be any problems, and they might not stray away but I guarantee you the percentage of them living a life that's honoring to God or either returning to that at some point in their life is far greater than if you do not. And so I encourage you, I challenge you parents. Have your kids in church. You are the parent. If they don't wanna come, who cares if they don't wanna come? You are the parent. You have them in church because guess what? If you don't, that is on you. If you don't bring them to church, you gotta take a stand first and your kids will see that and they will take a stand. So I encourage you, be in church, have your kids in church. Drew, uh, uh, on Wednesday nights with the students, they do an amazing job. Have them here where they can hear God's word, where they can hear uh, encouragement, where they can hear and be convicted of things. And I believe that God um, will do amazing things with them. So the second thing is this. The first is we choose to stand, the second is this, that we choose to believe. Daniel 3, 17 says this, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hands. They believed that God was willing and able to save them. No matter what you're facing, we have to make the choice to believe. No matter what we see, no matter what we're feeling, My faith says that God is willing and able. See a bad medical report. My God is willing and able to heal. See a broken relationship. My God is able to restore. See a dangerously low bank account. My God is willing and able to provide. My faith believes in spite of what I see. And I know that's difficult sometimes because we look at the issue, we look at the problem, and it's so big. We look at ALS with my brother, that's just, it's just It feels like there's no hope, but we have to believe. In, despite, in spite of what we see, we have to believe. But what if it doesn't happen? What if a miracle doesn't take place? What if he doesn't do what we had hoped he would do? Even in those times, even if he doesn't, are we willing to trust him? And that's tough, y'all. That's a tough one, where we just come to that place where even though what we see, even though it's difficult, even though he's not working the way that we thought he should or would or could, can we still trust? It says this in Daniel 3.18. It says, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. You see, these boys were willing to trust God, even if the outcome was not what they wanted. they made that choice to trust. Even if you don't heal, I'm going to trust. Even if I lose some friends, I'm not going to trust. I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust. Even if I don't get promoted, I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust him. So let's get back to our story. And the Bible says that King Nebuchadnezzar, he was he was so angry and so mad that he had these boys bound with ropes and he had his men turn the furnace up seven times hotter, bound in ropes, and he had the biggest soldiers that he had to take them and to throw the boys into the furnace. Now, as they got to the furnace, the, the fire was so hot that as the soldiers threw the boys in the furnace, it actually burnt the soldiers up and killed them on the spot. Isn't it amazing that the thing that was meant to kill Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego actually ended up killing their enemies? The devil thought that the cross was going to crush our savior, but it turns out that the the cross crushed the devil. The devil thought that Friday, it was all over, but guess what? On Easter Sunday morning, Jesus came out of the grave alive and victorious, and it wasn't the end, but it was just the beginning. And I believe that those boys were able to walk towards that fiery furnace, unashamed, unafraid, unapologetic, because they knew who they were. And when you understand who you are, that you are a child of God, all of a sudden there's like a supernatural strength from heaven that comes upon you. It's called a godly confidence. And you remember, hey, I'm a a child of God. I know who I am. I can walk through anything. I can make it through. You see, those Hebrew boys' real names um, were not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You see, those names were their Babylonian names, their slave names that they were given when they were captured by the Babylonians. And those names refer to types of praise to the false Babylonian gods. And if you don't know this already, I just wanna let you know today that the world wants to put some labels on you. The world wants to change your name and it loves to try to tell you who you are. But we can't listen to the world. You can't have a name that's dictated by the world. You see, the world will try to label you. You're a loser. You're a failure. Your sin's too great. Your past is too much. When we have a world that wants to label us, you need to to open up your ears and to hear the the heavenly father. He says, you are more than a conqueror. He says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You see, South Grovetown, God didn't promise us a problem-free life. But he did promise us that whatever obstacle, whatever challenge that we might come up against, that he would walk with us. But we have to make a choice to trust. You see, Shadrach's real name was Hananiah which means Yahweh is gracious. And I can just picture old King Nebuchadnezzar saying, throw those boys in the fire. And I can see Shadrach, AKA Hananiah saying, that's okay. Because my God is gracious. Grace, the unmerited favor of God. When I am weak, he is strong. In my weakness, God's grace is sufficient. He says, I know my name. Throw me in the fire, because my God is gracious. Meshach, his Hebrew name was Mishael, which means who is like Yahweh. And I can see Mishael, you know, kind of being that second friend in the friend group, you know, and he's, maybe a little rough around the edges, maybe kind of a punk, just kind of an attitude. But I could see him saying, go ahead, I wish you would throw me in the fire. Who is like my God? Go ahead, throw me in. Let's see what he's gonna do. Who is like Yahweh? And then goes. Hebrew name was Azariah, which means Yahweh has helped. And I love that, uh, that it's in past tense, because I could see Azariah, Abednego, going, you know, I don't know, guys. Maybe we should reconsider. Maybe we should just bow with one knee. Maybe, maybe there's another way. But then Hananiah and Missael step up and they say, Don't you know your name? Your name is Azariah. And it means your God has helped you in the past. And today, some of you need to look back at the times that God has been faithful. You need to look back where God made a way where there didn't seem to be any way. You need to look back and remember the times where if God's hand hadn't come into play there's no telling where you would be. He has shown up and I have a name today and I can walk through anything because my God is faithful Let's jump to the end of the story the Bible says that the boys were thrown into the fire. No Nebuchadnezzar who represents the world, he's just up there laughing. I could see him just laughing, saying, I got him. It's all over. But to his amazement, he starts to stare into the fire and he starts to count. He's like, wait, one, two, three. Wait, didn't we put three boys in there? There's four in there. And they're walking around freed And it looks like it's the son of God. And guess what? It was the son of God that was in the fire along with them. You see, when life heats up, that's when Jesus shows up. And I think about the words of the prophet Isaiah. And he says, when you walk through the waters, I will be with you. When you walk through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Your God will walk with you. I know who I am and I can walk through anything. The Bible says that the boys, they were pulled out of the fire. And when they were pulled out of the fire, that there was not a smell of smoke on them, not a hair on their head was singed. The only thing that was burnt off were the ropes that had them bound. Aren't you glad that even when we go through the fire, that God is working and setting us free from those things that hold us captive? He wants to set us free today. He wants to set you free. Grove Town South, he wants to set you free today. Those that are watching online. but We have to come to the place where we trust. We have to stand. We have to believe. We have to trust. So over the next few minutes, we're going to pray. And when we get done praying, we're going to sing the song that we sang earlier that just says, I trust in God he never fails and so as we prepare to pray why don't you go ahead and stand up at all of our campuses all our locations go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes there's three different groups of people that I want to pray for this morning the first group it's maybe you come to this place and you never received Jesus into your life and today, through this service, you've been feeling God drawing you. And you want to take a stand, you know, say, Todd, I want to receive Jesus into my life. I'm tired of going the way of the world and what the world talks about as truth. And I want to stand up and I want to receive Jesus into my life. If that's you today, at all of our camps, just raise your hand real quick. Yeah. Amen. Okay, yeah, you can put them down second group of people I want to pray for are those that you've been been a believer. But maybe you've been living a life of compromise. Maybe you haven't been standing up for truth. Maybe you kind of drifted a little bit. And today you want to take a stand like the Hebrew boys did, and you want to say, nobody but Jesus is going to run my life. And I'm, I'm coming, I'm taking a stand today. I'm recommitting my life to Jesus today. If that's you, all over the auditorium. If you just lift your hand, I want to pray for you. Yeah, amen. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And put your hands down. And the last group of people I want to pray for are those that are in the fire. You're going through an illness or there's a relational issue or there's just some things that are overwhelming to you. Maybe you're going through some things with your kids. And just feel, you just feel hopeless and helpless. And you're in the fire. And we're gonna pray two things. First of all, we're gonna pray that God delivers you, whatever that's, whatever's going on, that God's gonna heal, that God's gonna restore, that God's gonna set free, that God's gonna make a way where there didn't seem to be any way. We're gonna pray for that. But then we're also gonna pray that God will walk with you and that you sense his presence as you're walking through this fire. So let's pray. If that's you today, just lift up your hand. So I can see you. Yeah, so many people. So many people going through the fire. So let's pray. God, we just come to you today. God, we need you. So many people, God, are going through the fire right now. God, it's my prayer that you would just fill this room with your presence. God, that you would fill Grovetown, that auditorium, with your presence, God, south people that are watching online, wherever they might be, God, that they're sensing your presence right now, God. In your presence, things change. You can't stay the same in your presence. So God, come and do a work in us. God, I pray for those that are today making that commitment for the first time to stand and receiving you into their lives. God, I, I pray that you would just allow them to sense your presence right now, God. And as they pray a prayer that just simply says, God, forgive me of my sin, of my past. I turn from my ways, God, and I I turn towards you. God, come and forgive me. Come into my life. God, there's a party going in heaven for those that have done that today. So we're thankful for it, God. And I pray for those that maybe they've been believers, but maybe they've kind of drifted. Maybe they've compromised some things in their lives. They haven't taken a stand for what the truth is. Your word. And God, I pray that today as they raise their hands and as they're recommitting themselves, God, that you'll give them a boldness like they've never had before. God, and as they begin to take a stand, God, that you would give them influence, that you would give them the opportunity to to, to, um, have so much influence in people that they work with or they go to school with, or their neighbors, their businesses. God, allow them to stand when it's popular not to and then God lastly I pray for those that are going through the fire, God so many things that I know people are dealing with and God it's my prayer that you would come and that you would heal God that you would heal cancer God that you would heal depression God that you would heal God make a way where there seems to be no way God, I pray for those that are dealing with issues with their children. Lord, it's such a painful thing. God, I pray that you would just bring them wisdom. God, that you would give them direction on how they handle things. And God, I pray that those kids will will be able to hear the message of hope and that it'll be deep inside of them so when, when they have the chance to stand or to bow, God, that they will stand for truth. God, we place our children in your hands right now. God, and I pray for those that are going through the fire. God, maybe it's not time that you are going to deliver or maybe it's not your plan that it happens the way we think it should happen. God, that you would just give us strength. God, you would give families strength. you give individuals strength. God, touch my brother right now. Give him strength. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, we need you. God, we trust you. We believe in you. We stand today for you. We ask that you'd come and do miracles in our lives. God, we're so thankful today that you never fail. We trust in you today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.